Hey, welcome to another episode of Panning Leadership. This is Randy Haas, and I got Jason Leger here with me. And tonight we're going to talk about leading through difficult times. Jason, you want to head it off? You bet. So this is a great uh, this is a great topic because uh, when things are great, things are great. When things are difficult, uh, people handle those things quite differently. And especially if you're in a leadership role, you may find yourself, you know, people looking to you for those answers. And so for the process here that Randy and I are going to talk about today and uh, some things to just be aware of, uh, some actual actions to take, and uh, a little bit of a little bit of doing things in a chronological order um, just to get through these kinds of things. And part of it has to do with personalities. Um, some of it has to do with the issue itself and how do we define it and how do we keep people focused. So there's all these different things swirling around and people get paranoid and, and uh, it, it takes a leader to get in there and make sense of it and get people on the right track, continuing to be productive uh, and those types of things. So absolutely, we got about a kind of an eight process here. It may sound kind of long, but really we just kind of broken down uh, a little bit. And the, the first thing is for yourself, um, take a moment to understand what the key factors are that are at play uh, that, that are actually causing the issue. It could be an issue in culture. Uh, maybe there's an, there's some type of power struggle going on. I mean, it depends on where the issue is. It could be something external, internal. It could be a combination. It could be the economy. It could be departments that are fighting, but, you know, take a moment instead of from an emotional perspective, which is a, where a lot of people will, will come from, or or defensive perspective, what's the actual issues that you can really, really define? And take a moment to become somewhat of an expert on that, and you'll probably want to do that through listening and, uh, and showing people that uh, care what's really going on. Take a moment to figure out what's really driving the issue itself in that way as you're talking to people, you can start formulating, you know, what the solution might be. Yeah. We, we, I think that that's the key. Uh, no, you know, if you skip this step, then, you know, I think you more than half your ability to lead through whatever difficulty that's going on because, um, you know, people's stress reaction is to put up a wall and put up a barrier and, um, you got to figure out how do you get past that barrier if you're going to continue to influence them and continue to lead them. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in the um, podcast on negotiating and on, um, you know, how to negotiate a deal, uh, looking for win-wins, but understanding what the context is of the people around you, because that's what they're looking through, uh, through the issue. And if you don't understand those factors, if you don't take the time to really, uh, dig into that, then, you know, it's basically like going into a gunfight blind. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the thing that kind of hits home with me is what people are really wanting to know is what does this mean? Yeah. Uh, if it's an, if it's a, you know, if the price of oil goes down, I mean, does that mean the company's going under? Does it mean it's going to be stressful? Does it mean, you know, it could mean any number of things. And, the thing is, if nobody comes to the table with an answer of what it means, then people will make up their own answer. Right. Uh, and that's where number two comes in here. Number one being understand what the key factors are. 
that are at play causing the issues, but number two, how are how are these issues perceived and what have people named them? I know that sounds kind of funny, but people really do start to kind of come up with catchphrases and names for what the issue of the day is. Either the company is splitting, we have issues at the top, people in this department are all quitting or nobody listens. You know, they, they have these overgeneralized explanations for what the problem is during that oh, yeah. time. And so that's, that's part of them kind of jumping to the end of the, of the movie and trying to tell you what it actually means. In other words, the company is splitting. Well, that's not necessarily true or, or the big leadership issue, you know, well, that's not necessarily true. So knowing what the key factors are and getting to also take time to understand how are people perceiving this starts to let you figure out where in between is the actual truth. Right. Yeah, I think you know one of the most abused words, buzzwords in business today is transparency. You know, um, and everybody wants to say we're being transparent about our decision-making process, but the you know let's be real, you're not because as a leader, you see things from a different perspective and you have different information coming in than the people around you. And so instead of making the assumption that everybody is seeing the problem from your side, you do, you got to go out there and find out what is the rumor. The one thing that's guaranteed anytime there's trouble is that there are rumors going around and you need to know, uh, you know, you got to know what those things are or so that you know what you're up against. Right, because you're, you're really trying to win people as much as trying to deal with the actual issue itself. A lot of times, the people you're leading or other people in the organization, they may not be working on the actual problem, and maybe the problem's external, so you really can't work on it anyway. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the leadership has to deal with it in some way, shape, or form, but you also are trying to keep people engaged at the same time. So if, if someone doesn't have to truly deal with it, well, they can say or do or be as an emotional or reactive as they want because it's really not going to hurt anything anyway. But of course, a leader can't just jump out there and start doing whatever they want because it's up to them to save the day or mm -hmm. to come up with a plan or to do something. And so we have to be a little more methodical um, when we see trouble coming in some way because we have a responsibility to to the people the organization to ourselves and so what we wind up actually doing is going to truly have an effect and that's something that is really a higher level kind of a higher calling um, than those who just get to read the news of the day and react to it yeah exactly and so number three here is is how far is the perceived issue from the truth so we know what the key factors are. We're, we're learning how people are perceiving the issue. And now we have to decide how far is what they're perceiving from the truth. And why we're doing this is because we need to start developing this communication strategy um, and maybe even a, an, an action plan yeah. to start working on this particular issue. And one thing to really keep in mind here is that once you've discovered these and you understand what the rumors and everything are going around and you're building this gauge, how far is the issue from the truth? Um, perception is reality 
for the people that are you're responsible for. And so you got to keep that in mind too. When you define how far their reality is from the actual reality of the company, then your whole purpose then is to bridge that gap so that they find a way to come from their perception to where you're actually at, where you're actually leading them to. That's right. And, and part of this strategy is one, you know, you, you getting all the information that you can about the issue and the people and from their perspective, and then start to segment that out a little bit, uh, start to get a little more detailed. And so number four, what effect does it have on the various segments of people? Because what's going on probably has a different level of impact uh, depending on the different type of, of segments of, of people or roles. It could be departments. It could be any number of things. And you want to, you want to, not just have empathy there, but you want to know how to target those particular groups and, and how those particular groups, let's say if they're discouraged or if they're not productive or if there's some other issue, how is it going to affect the organization? So you start kind of judging the impact. And a lot of times that impact really does come down to the various roles or areas um, and different segments of the business or people. Mm-hmm. And knowing how it's impacting those gives you that next level of what you can do to actually affect things in a positive way. Absolutely. And number five is where you start to really put change into place. And that is, you know, who can easily be persuaded and who will not listen. And what we're talking about here is, If there's a, a negative situation or potentially negative situation, you know, basically for your initial effort in reaching out and either putting something into place or maybe it's communication, you know, what's the biggest bang for the buck? Who is going to be easily persuaded? Because numbers really do matter. Um, if, if it looks like the majority of people in the organization are feeling good, well, then the last 20% will come around because they feel like things are in a good direction. They can, they can feel the, the vibe. Um, the, the other way of doing it, which is not what we're recommending, is going after the 20% and leaving everyone else in the dark um, when those 20% may be very, very difficult to reach or maybe for some reason um, it's hard to bring them around uh, during this during this difficult time, and so you really do have to think. You know, who am I going after first? What it, it could be a department, it could be um, a critical piece of your operation that needs to make sure it runs smoothly. But make sure that you take a moment to decide where is my initial efforts going to go. Not that they won't go everywhere eventually, yeah. but where can I get the biggest bang for the buck now that I know the issues, I know how people are perceiving it. I know the segments. Now who can I affect in the biggest way that will make the biggest impact? And then we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, it's got the, it's it's kind of the same as selling a new product or, or something like that, because it's really what you're doing. You're, you're, you're in the process of selling the idea um, that, the issue is not as bad as what they think it is, or it is as bad as what they think it is, but it's in, it's under control. It's, uh, you know, there's a plan in place. And as long as they follow the plan, things are going to, 
turn out all right, whatever it is, basically you're selling that idea. And so it follows that same kind of thought process as launching a new product. You want to look for the early adopters um, and get them on board so that they can help evangelize and, and push out uh, the product that, that, you know, that they're going to be the ones that help, you know, the team become comfortable with the idea. It's exactly right. It's, it's an influence situation is what it is. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us to number six and that is, you know, what you're really trying to do here is in, in good faith, give people an opportunity to make a good decision or to understand um, what's really happening in a way that is not reactive, but in a, in a way that is realistic. Um, so, it, and the opposite of this is to not communicate, to not provide a way forward, to not provide hope, um, to let rumors just continue to rise or to let people take things into their own hands. And so we want to make sure we give people an opportunity to make a good decision based on real information and a way forward. And that is something that they are looking for leadership to bring, especially when there's tough times. Yeah. I was uh, listening to um, John Maxwell earlier this week. And one of the things he said that uh, was that the true, um, the true evidence of leadership is not forging ahead, but it's adopting your pace to the pace of others without forfeiting your leadership. I think that that really applies here that you've got to, uh, it's hard as a leader to slow down and, and move at other people's pace when you see so much further ahead from, so, you know, most of the time. But um, if you don't give people the chance to willingly walk through the door, then you're never going to stop fighting that resistance. You will, you know, if you push people through the door, you're always going to be pushing them. Um, and so I think that, you know, this is as critical as the first step, defining the problems, uh, giving the people to time to deal with it themselves is as critical to long-term success uh, as, as knowing what the actual problem is to begin with. Yeah. And, and sometimes when you define what the problem is, maybe that problem is simply a change and maybe that change isn't going to go away and people need to really take a hard look at um, is this something that they're willing to work with? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you're saying pushing people through the door, you know, and if you do that, you'll, you'll never stop, you know, let people know this is the new door. This is what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And it can be great, but if this isn't what you want to do, then just understand this is where we are. Right. And you can make a good decision. Maybe that's a, a career decision, mm -hmm. but at least now, you know, these people are able to, make a decision based on something that, that makes sense and they can, they can weigh out what they want to do. And that'll, you know, ultimately, even if you lose a person, um, it's better than having drag, you know, drug them around for five years and then lose them. Uh, yeah, yeah. You were honest, you gave them all the info, you have leadership, you're, you're showing the way forward. Um, and they can, they can either jump on board or they can go do something else. And that's just the reality of it. And it's better to get there sooner than later sometimes. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that you're talking about giving people the opportunity to make a good decision. Sometimes the good decision is this is no longer right for me and I do need to move on. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter how talented the person is or how integral they are to your operation. If they're deciding behind the scenes that it's no longer right for them, you're not going to, 
get the same value out of them that you used to get out of them by um, trying to cajole them into sticking with something that, that they want. So by giving them the space to make that determination, um, if they stay, then, then they're still a hundred percent with you. And if they go, it's on good terms instead of six months later where you've had to terminate them because it never was going to work out anyways. That's right. And so those, those opportunities are, you know, can go either way. And that's, that's what we want to provide because part of the new tomorrow is um, having a staff and having a process, um, having a product or an organization that is geared for that. And a lot of times that gearing changes. Mm-hmm. So knowing, knowing the, the, the tough times, whatever that, that means, um, if that does take a, you know, a, a legitimate retooling of something, then sometimes that can go all the way down to the, the personnel level. Yeah. Uh, so seven and eight is the last two and they're, they're similar. And of course, you know, after we give people an opportunity to make a good decision, part of that is, is painting the picture of how they should be behaving during this time. Because when people are stressed out, they're going to behave in a different way. And that's everyone. That's, I, I wish we could say that, you know, we can grow out of that or train ourselves out of it, but you know, it is very, very hard to have the exact same thought process when things are great as when things are, are in, a, in a tough situation. And so sometimes you, you have to go ahead and just paint the picture for them. You should be acting like this, or right. you should not be worried like this. I've heard many times in organizations, they will say, yes, we're going through this transition. Um, what you need to do is focus on your work and uh, be as productive as you can because that's the best way to help the company right now. And, you know, that may sound generic, but that at least lets people know that, you know, today people are working and today I'm going to work and I'm going to get the job done. There's, there's things going on somewhere at some level. There's talks going on. There may be some trouble going on, but people are working and that's what I came here to do. Uh, yeah. And contribute and and rem- it's funny but reminding people you're here to contribute and do what you're supposed to do and especially if there's an issue somewhere else and let the people somewhere else deal with that you you should not be burning calories you know worrying about what's happening somewhere else because it's a real good chance your job is not to deal with that directly and right. just reminding people of that sometimes can go a long way yeah and i think that you know the key, the difference between saying that and people dismissing it and as being generic and, and not something that applies to them or just, uh, you know, it's not going to go anywhere is, is doing that first step, understanding what are the factors that are causing it? Why are people scared? Why are people resistant? Why, um, you know, what is their reality? What are they thinking about? Because once people understand that, you have at least taken the time to find out what their issue is, then that builds trust. And if you have the trust of people, then you can say, you don't need to be worried about this. You just need to be productive and this is going to go forward. But if you don't have the trust of people and you say that, it's just going to amplify the negative feelings that are, that are there. Yep. That's right. And number eight is, 
you know, number seven was paint the picture of how people should behave during this time. Number eight is paint the picture of what that change is. Um, hopefully it's a brighter future. And go ahead and outline what the very next steps are going to be. That way they know, they don't have to think, well, how is tomorrow going to change? Or when is tomorrow going to get here? Or, um, and, and you know, sometimes we can't perfectly either predict or architect what the future is going to hold. But we need to let people know today is like any other day. And this is what we're going to do and continue to do, um, if that's true. And then also the next things we're going to do or the next things we're going to see, or you might notice this, go ahead and give them a little bit of a heads up of yeah. what they can expect from a change perspective. Because yeah. anytime there's a change, you've already taken a step back. It doesn't matter how good the change is. You've, you've already taken a step backwards. And so the change needs to be at least two steps forwards um, to be a good change. And so at least giving people a heads up about that will help lessen the impact of whatever change it is and give them either something to look forward to or let them feel like, you know, they don't have to have anxiety at least about that one particular item. Yeah. I think it's, you know, important to give them, these are the things that I'm measuring or against this vision. And this is, you know, this is the way that, that I see things going. And um, here's how I know when that's, when that's coming true. Um, I think it's, you know, very important to, to cast a vision and give guideposts. You know, it's one of the most critical functions of leadership is to put that, um, paint that picture to get that vision out there that this is, you know, this is where we're going. This, the, the waters may be rough right now, but you know, we're still headed toward dry land kind of thing. Yep, for sure. And so, Think about, think about those things. I'll run through them again real quick. Understand the key factors. How are people perceiving it? How far is what they're perceiving from what's actually happening? What effect does it have on the various segments in your organization or in the people? Um, who should your first target be as far as persuading and, and helping um, lead through those tough times and getting some people on your side and, and helping? And then give people an opportunity to make a good decision. And that's through giving them information, which is going to build trust. And that way, when you come around to the end, when you paint the picture of how they should be working at this time or behaving or thinking, and whenever you paint the picture of the brighter future, um, they'll know that you've really taken some time, that you understand what's going on, that you understand how what they're doing is different from maybe what another person is doing. And they'll have a lot more trust and, and be willing to come around and, and follow your lead. And the last thing that, that we need whenever we're trying to lead people through tough times is for things to kind of start falling apart. Um, in other words, things to be worse, even though maybe the change hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. And so we need people not to just perform and to listen and to trust. Um, we need them to do it at an even higher level. And so that's really the trick of a good leader is can you embolden people to get on board um, and to help lead, you know, emotionally as an example uh, and, and, and have the right information to help mm -hmm. quiet down rumors. Uh, all those things are going to help kind of crowdsource a little bit of your leadership, but it starts with you making sure that you're creating that communication opportunity. You're getting that in, you're painting the right picture and then let people 
take that same message and that same attitude and culture and help through those tough times. Yeah, I definitely agree that, uh, I like what you said about that it's going to require higher performance. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's something that's kind of overlooked uh, from time to time is that when you're going through a tough time, uh, your struggle is not necessarily to keep things going the way they were. The, the, the struggle is I've got to get people over the hill, you know, and so in order to get people over the hill, we've got to put in extra effort. We've got to move it forward. So it's, it is a, it's stressful. It's tough. It's hard as a leader to, to move that, but that's why, that's why you're in the leadership position. Uh, it's for those times. It's not for the easy times. Yep. That's right. And I wish that this kind of thing, you know, this and, you know, a million other topics came naturally and it was like, Oh, I remember those eight steps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it, I think that's where sometimes we take a step back and we do take a minute to research, you know, Hey, we're about to have a tough time. Let's, let's look at maybe some ways to go through this and, and take a second and research that just a little bit and make some notes and, and have a plan instead of just running out there and, and spouting off um, how you feel about something or what you think people should be doing. Because each one of the things we talked about today, they really do build upon each other uh, and culminate into people believing in a brighter future and knowing what they need to be doing right now. And that's, that's what people need. They need mm-hmm. clarity. They need an action plan and they need to be able to, to see where this is headed. And if you will take a moment to kind of jot down the notes and have the plan and get the thing rolled out, you'll wind up at a good place and people will know what they need to do and, and, uh, and feel a lot better about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always good to take, uh, take the time to make space so that you, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, like you said, to step back and maybe look at notes or get another person to come in and kind of help you look at that. Because, um, you know, one of the things that is natural for us to do when things get tough is to get even more of a tunnel vision on what we're trying to accomplish. And that is the intuitive way uh, or instinctive way of doing things. Uh, but the best way of doing things is to pull back and g- keep the focus on the big picture. Uh, you know, focus on, uh, you know, if you take a, a motorcycle safety course, um, the, the very f- first thing they tell you is not to look at what you're trying to avoid hitting. Um, that whatever you're looking at is what you're going to hit. <laughs> and so if you're worried about hitting a curb, when you're going through a curve, if you're staring at that curb, you're going to hit it. You need to be looking at where you're wanting to go, not what you're afraid of. That's right. And, and the irony is, is sometimes people get frustrated at leadership um, very easily. But at the same time, they really are wanting you to handle these things so they can handle their job. Absolutely. And that's a trust factor right there is when they see things getting tough, they automatically think you must not be doing your job. And so that's where you have to step forward and show, yes, I'm doing my job. Yes, things are hard. And this is where I'm going to shine and show Mm -hmm. you that I've got it covered. But what I need you to do is, you know, and and then whatever that is, Um, because they want to, they want to do what they're comfortable with doing and they want you to be good at what you're doing. And that's leading. So they don't have to worry about it. So you have to give them a reason to not worry about it. And that's not magic. That's, that's communication. That's information. That's trust. That's time. 
Mm-hmm. But it's worth it uh, if you can, you know, win the hearts and minds of the people and get them through the, the situation. Yeah, and that's why you build that. You, that's why the job number one from day one is to build influence. Uh, because if you wait until there is a crisis to start trying to build influence, it's not going to happen. Right. And I used to tell people, you know, I've had some teams that I've worked with and I was just very, you know, very open with them, um, gave them a lot of information, let them be, you know, involved with things at a high level and uh, was not dramatic about anything because I knew that if something bad happened, I would want to be able to go to my team and say, guys, we got to do this right now. Um, we just need to stop what we're doing and here's what we need to do. And they wouldn't even ask questions. They would be like, wow, if, if he's saying that, then it must be true. And they would just spring into action because I didn't, I didn't use up that credit previously. Yeah. I was, they knew whether something was legitimate or not. And that if I thought it was a big deal, then it must be a big deal. And that they were willing to, to team up and help on that. So building that teamwork and that trust, you're right, Randy, is something that you build before the tough times that way they're willing to stick with you even when there's some uncertainty um, because they know that, that you got their best interest at heart and that, you know, they understand your logic and, uh, and they can trust it. Yeah. I love that image of that um, using up the credit. You know, we've talked about it before in that, um, you know, when you, when you build influence, then you lower the cost of the future transaction for getting someone to do something. But when you, when you use power to, or position to move people, then you're raising the cost of, of accomplishing that same action later on. And so I love that picture that you painted there about, um, you know, creating the situation so that you have credit to burn whenever the situation arises. Yep. That's right. Uh, and, and there will be, I mean, that's just the thing yeah. is there's, there's going to be some sort of trouble. And sometimes you can't see it coming because it comes from your leadership. <laughs> the leadership above you is dealing with it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, uh, having that credit in the bank is, is going to come in real handy for leaders. So make sure if things are going good, that you're, you're, you're building that with your people. Yeah. And there absolutely will be times where you have to flex uh, your muscles, but um, you know you should always stop and think about that transaction cost as far as trust before you resort to the the power based um, method. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you have any thoughts or questions, uh, please read reach out to us on this topic. This is uh, something everybody's going through at some point. And if you have anything that you'd like to add, we'd be more than happy to bring that right back to the audience. Uh, Randy, thanks for joining as well. And I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, I think that uh, if you have any experience or you've got tips for us on how to lead through tough times, uh, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, let us know. Um, Shoot us an email. Um, Jason and I are with the Sharpstone Group. Uh, so find us on Facebook or on, uh, on the web at sharpstonegroup.com. Uh, you can email uh, panning leadership at Sharpstone Group um, or find us on LinkedIn, uh, which our contact info there will be in the show notes. 
so thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back shortly and get back into a regular, regular uh, cadence of doing these. And uh, we've also got some changes planned, uh, some exciting things that uh, we'll be able to offer coming soon. So uh, we just hope you'll stick with us for it. So thank you.